Hey everyone, welcome to the Sport Kite Podcast. This is your host, Nick O'Neill, and I want to thank you for tuning in and listening. This is the second half of a conversation we had with Scott Weeder, and it is just so awesome to sit back and listen to. Well, at least for me. So I, I guess I'm totally biased here. And I'm going to go ahead and jump into the episode, but first of all, let me do two notes, and one of those is that uh, there is quite a bit of wind noise in in the episode. I tried to take it out, but at times you'll notice that the mic gets kind of a little bit more quiet and then it comes up. So uh, bear with me. It was just such a beautiful day that we recorded this podcast episode on the beach. And yeah, I, <laughs> I'm i so glad I, I happened to have the camera and the microphone rolling to capture this conversation. So yeah, that's the first thing. The second thing is uh, go check out sportkite.org. We are growing. We are adding things. And in the next month or so, we're going to add um, kind of a progression pipeline for those of you that are wanting to either get started or progress further in your sport kite flying and you know kind of grouping resources together by what level you're at when it comes to kite flying so if you have any suggestions we would love to hear it give us a a comment or your thoughts at info at sportkite.org And uh, yeah, let's go ahead and get into this second half of the conversation with Scott Weeder. And and, um, and I feel like a beginner every time. So so just kind of from our conversation right now, um, it seems like uh, you branching out into quad and you branching out into indoor and doing the performance stuff, that was... Some of that, or most of it, however we want to look at it, that was driven by the actions that were happening then, right? You knew you loved kites so much, so you did that. Mm-hmm. That's so let, true. Let's take, I guess, like a handful of steps backwards Yeah. to before that. Why did you want to compete, and what got you into competing? What was the initial impetus oh. into actually flying? Yeah. Because that's... That in itself is a huge hurdle to go from a non-flyer to saying, damn it, this is the shit I want to do. I love this stuff. It's so awesome. And I want to compete at it. Well, it was immediate for me. And um, I saw a video. I saw a video of my friend Robert McBroom, his, his ballet to some classical music. And I was like, that's amazing. And I, I felt, I'm not a classical music fan, but when I saw that kite flying to that music, and I met this guy, and he had all his kite stuff in his basement, and we went over to jam with the guitar and just kind of hang out and party on a Friday night. And then I kept asking him about the kite stuff, because I've seen kites before. And, and then he goes, you really want to know? And he finally, and he brought me up to his living room, and plugged a VHS in, and, and he goes, so what do you think? You know, he was reluctant to show this, like, <laughs> this young guy, yeah. his classical We're music. We're all so nerdy flying, about our kind right? yeah, yeah. And so he, it, when he showed me that, I was like, oh, my God, that's, uh, I, you know, I fell in love with it. Not so much the classical music, but to me, the, like, 
it's like listening to a kind of music that you don't care for, but going, yeah, I can appreciate that for its musicality. Well, the music was that, and the kite went with it. Like, that kite's doing what? That kite's making a square corner, and that kite's expressing the music? Mm -hmm. That was what immediately I fell in love with. Yeah. And as far as competing was, that I had a chance to show, have guys score me, people, other people score me, and talk about their experience with it. It was such a such an individual expression and um there were you know we had a hundred competitors at an event there were a lot of people in the same so that's what i wanted to do i wanted okay to, yeah you I, saw it and it kind of inspired you oh man it, like I, I gotta do that i fell in love with it i nice. fell in love with it so yeah I, and i spent a lot of time flying on my own with my radio if you will and my first two years of, of flying, I would just go to the kite flying field on Sunday afternoon after I got my fill. Mm -hmm. And then I'd go Sunday afternoon just to fellowship with the people there because they were being invited to the world championships <laughs> over in Australia. And I watched them practice. So yeah. I, I was lucky enough to see that. So, yeah, I just was always going to school, as I put it. Went to Guadalupe in 97, man. Holy crap. We went as a team. The best teams in the world were there. The, and they had individual, dual line, quad line. You couldn't be on the team. So they wanted to bring as many people and individuals as they could in there. And I got to witness that. Dude, that, that'll fire a fella up, you know. With the art of sport kite flying, man. <laughs> it really was. There was cash prizes. And so, yeah, that, you know, I, to me it was kind of legitimate. A real legitimate expression. And, um... What a what a um, that's what fired me up. All that stuff as I was doing it. This all happened before 2000. Like my, so from 1992, I I bought a kite. 1994, I seen world class flyers mm -hmm. right there in my backyard. And so from 94 to 2000, I man, what I experienced with my kite was that's what drove me. You know what drives me now is you know, a minute to escape to the beach and get that connection again and feel with okay with just being me in my uh, Humpty Dumpty broken down. You <laughs> the know. you that is you, yeah. Yeah, the, you know, I'm vulnerable. And so I, I think we all have our own vulnerabilities and kiting allows to uh, just say it's okay because it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when the kite's going to come down. How are you going to yeah. act? Are you going to yeah. act disappointed? If, if anybody's watching you, they, they're more disappointed than you are. So you have to make it a show. Yep. So one time I was dressed as Zorro and I was serious, like that serious competitor guy you talk about. So I was dressed as Zorro and I was serious. Right. So I pull and catch the kite. Well, I had the mask on. I didn't practice with it a lot so that I, I couldn't really see very well. It was all <laughs> part of everything. And I missed the kite and it just like hit me in the throat. It wasn't hard, but it hit me in the throat. So I immediately, I was looking at my kite mentors and I just fell like the kite killed me. And, and, and they knew me as a serious competitor. So when they saw me do that, they were like, okay, you know. So instead of like shaking my head, no, Zorro, that was no good. The audience yeah. don't appreciate it that. And I took it and that's being comfortable with what happens and that's yeah. the biggest thing with kites you can even if you are good at the most difficult tricks that they do on purpose these days 
there's still a journey to have that pure control through that move and do it not yeah. in that five mile an hour last Saturday when I had everything right where you can you can express a rhythm and that pure control that you get all the way to interpreting music and, yeah. and that is like you're doing music with the kite but when you put the music in you have to match the kite the person the elements and the music holy mackerel I, uh... so flying a straight line <laughs> flying exactly. a straight line to the music or a nice loop the, the, the uninitiated can they can resonate with something that just happened there absolutely, right? absolutely. I, uh, I, I'm laughing because I think of the last time I was down here and, and you and I went out flying like, and we were just doing our thing right and uh, a fellow flyer came by and we were talking with him and you were just kind of over there doing very basic stuff I think there was some half axles some patterns in the sky you may have done a 540 here and there but everything was like it wasn't very trick heavy but the difference in watching you versus watching someone who's a heavy trick flyer and doesn't necessarily hasn't refined that connection and uh, that intentional flying right right uh that our, our friend that was there with us on the beach he even commented he's like that that right there you can see how amazingly skilled mm. scott is mm. and he's just flying a circle that's it. Right. He's doing big lazy circles in the on sky. On purpose flying. On circle. purpose yeah. because you're you're walking up and down the mm -hmm. beach, you're moderating your speed, you're staying connected. Yeah, you were staying very connected and again, it's it's something that's resonated with me is, you know, the intentional flying. Mm -hmm. Right? Is as we progress from beginner and and on upwards is it doesn't matter how good you get doing a trick right it's how good you get at communicating with that right, trick right right yeah. so that other people can get it um not saying that all all sport kite flying is for other people to watch uh, but if if you are able to communicate with it then you're you're flying on a different level than you just yeah. yanking and spanking and the kite did a thing I think anybody, if they're really hungry in it, if you will, and, and or watching a video of, like, Paul or Chris Goff or Johnny. Um, you mean John Bressy? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know you guys are, are good friends. So yeah, you yeah, say Johnny. John Bressy. Yeah, <laughs> somebody else said that, too. Um, you know, our lamb, it's like, holy mackerel. Um, you see it in, like, it's presented in its purest form and mm -hmm. so you're reaching for that but you you don't realize how much sand gets kicked in your own face beforehand so there's a, a saying that and this is kite flying first the wind flies yeah I all right I have to go back on this but you end up being one with the kite yeah so that sometimes you react the, to the kite. The wind flies the kite and then you fly the wind or something like that? Well, first the wind flies the kite and you react to it. And mm -hmm. then you make the kite do something. Yeah. And then you become one with the wind. Yes. And so that's a never-ending quest and that is it. And so it's in the zone. And so if you have the right kite and the right conditions, then everything works. So that's what we're forever changing. I think yeah. the biggest thing I could say nowadays, with the video and all the things that we put out there, um, you're, what you do 
by yourself and that climb, that competitive crazy guy that was, that connection is yours. And, and you yeah. don't need to show that. Sometimes I flew my what I thought was my best at the time, and I didn't do so well. And other times I thought I sucked, <laughs> and I ended up doing pretty good. You ended up getting first, um, yeah. In, in Nationals one time, I had the, the Mike Gallard, rest his soul, is another guy, unbelievable um, sport kite human, and American sport kite competition history is deep with him. Mm-hmm. And he's like, so Scott, I, I missed it. It was raining. How'd you do? I said, not bad for a novice. And I won masters. Right? <laughs> so, <laughs> so it was one of them things where my connection was all that mattered. And then I worked it out on how, uh, on, yeah. on basically how to present it, if you will. So I'm kind of thinking of this whole analogy um, of you know the the wind flies the kite first and then you learn yeah. of in my mind I see you know if you were to have two partners dancing or a pas de deux or mm. you know one of those where at first there is always there's the going along with what's happening or and then there becomes this like bending it to your will and forcing things to happen yes and then when it truly elevates into this beautiful thing is when you are equal partners. Yes. And it's kind of hard when we're talking about a kite and wind, right? Because so it's not fleeting. a, it's not a, a physical other person, yep. but you're having to have this partnership with the conditions and be Amen. like, Hey, I'm looking at the weather right now and the weather is feeling and, and the kites feeling, and I feel I can do that 540 here. This is where a 540 feels good. Right. Right? right. Instead of being like, crap, I got to slam, you know, backspin, backspin to a ball. And right. I've got to like, I've, I've got to cram all this stuff That'd down into this spot. That'd be frustrating. Instead of we, and unfortunately, like, you almost have to go through the cramming stuff in. Yeah. To get to that phase. Yeah. Right? Because... You have to you have to make connections that you can only get by putting stuff where it doesn't belong, <laughs> right? right? Exactly. You can only feel that if you've tried to cram it where it doesn't belong. Exactly. And so, it's yeah. something to aim for as a I, you know, <laughs> beginners on up. Cherry picking the wind to fly the dual line so that you can fly the kite instead of just hanging on to the thing and going mm-hmm. to the edge and doing what it can and um, flying a quad line when it's big win because you take that win and you do the things that you can with that it's taking the conditions yep and then learning what you can do in those conditions and then um that's been like my whole quest it like you know it's not comfortable to say yeah i'm gonna fly a kite right in the backyard so like (laughs) there's enough room that bush over there might grab it but um i'm gonna do like first why well yeah. It's, you know, it's it, that's that passion. So you come out in perfect wind, it's a whole different thing. Some people need that wind and need that and would never even consider flying like inside or in the backyard yeah. or something. So I've been I've been exploring a little bit of that with uh, some of my um, not sport kite flying per se, but using an iFlight. Well, it line. is that's a sport kite because right, it's a, steerable. It's uh, just one string for for those that may not know an iFlight is a very small uh kite it's a single line kite you can fly it in the living room yes it it actually is designed as an indoor kite yeah Um, but i've been i've really been trying to take and explore uh 
going places with it. And I do a lot of hiking. I do snowshoeing. I do backcountry stuff. Yeah. And taking the kite with me there. I've seen your stuff like yeah, that. And, and, so, and putting the kite in those elements, I think, is a vulnerability. You, like you're letting, opening your, and then you put it on tape too. So. Exactly. So letting, you know, letting yeah. this really delicate kite right. kind of drift and fly over the, yeah. the natural wind that's created by a raging river. Yeah. Right? It's, it is such a weird feeling because you can't force anything through there. Otherwise, no. the kite's going to go in the water. That's it. And it's probably going to get churned up and eaten. That, so that little kite would. Yeah, you just yeah. have to you have to feel where stuff is. So I've been, yeah. I've been using that as my connection source. Um, yeah, because man. it's also a little difficult in some of those spots to take a, a sport kite. I'm not skilled enough that I can. Yeah. I'm hoping I can at some point, but... Yeah. Well, I think a single line is is the most difficult because you you know you don't you don't have choices. So a lot of the proficient my friends proficient single line indoor outdoor flyers, uh, single line mm -hmm. uh, fighter kites and stuff. They they always said, "Weedy, you're cheating. You got four lines over there, you know." So so well, try yeah. it with one. Yeah, you're pretty good with all four of them, but. Um, try it with one. Yeah, one so of, one single of, line flying, especially is indoors, yeah. it is difficult. One so. of the elements to, to give single line flyers a little bit of credit, one of the elements that happens in single line flying that generally doesn't happen with sport kite flying is you are always working with variable distance between mm -hmm. you and the kite. Right. You are always decreasing always and changes. increasing. Yeah. Whereas sport kite flying, you're dealing with vertical changes, yep. maybe horizontal changes. You're but right. generally, except for a handful of tricks, you're not really playing too much with a consistently changing Yeah, uh, in distance. such a in such a high in such a high contrast, if you will. However, there, there are tricks that you do. I, I'm and, not and, well. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you're you're gliding the kite somewhat when right. you're flying it down, unless you're flying it straight into the ground. So right. to keep your ground, you're letting but it glide you move away from you. and you yeah. physically move. So your distance, the you're, change you're right. between that's you spatial. and the kite, you don't change the length in the line. Right. You don't change that, that's, the yeah. space between you and the kite. Yeah, that's a whole nother element. Yeah, right? single so, line glider flying or indoor flying. Yeah. It is dependent on always changing yes. that yes. space. Okay, so think of this too. So put a single line kite on a pole now. Mm -hmm. And then, okay, well, you're still, you're giving up all that, that difference, right? Yeah. So that takes away. So now you fix that line to it. You would think, ah, no, that makes it tougher. But that pole or stick, if you will, becomes an extension of your arm. Yeah. So that you can change it a little bit. Like and it, it still kite, is going but, to come. But you still, you, you, you've got to fly the kite. Yes. So. Yeah. And a single line is, to me, it's 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 a lot more diff difficult because you have to know the center of the kite. You don't get a chance to pick between your lines. So the dual line, <laughs> you, you pick somewhere in the middle, and then as, you survive it. As a single line flyer, I appreciate that. No, it's a fact. It's really yeah. a fact. It's yeah. in, in um with you you know with a dual line, the bridle mm -hmm. points are close. So, but you have those big pointy wings and that big belly that grabs the wind and does a lot with it. Yeah. And does a lot with it and makes you go forward or turn. And with a quad line, it's like a flat sail. You have to kind of just tweak the lines just enough to make it fly where you want. And yeah. it's super sensitive, you know. So with the single line, it's you got to know that spine and you don't have that other line to cheat, you know. So, yeah. 
that and so I I mean that's a fact. So and then now a fixed <laughs> now a fixed. Now we've completely gone away from sport no, kites, well, but this it's is not. All good. <laughs> I, I don't. I know. I think it's. I think it is sport kites. It's steerable. Okay. If you put a kite up there and just leave it there, it was one thing. But you, what you're talking about is is sport kite flying, mm -hmm. and so and I'm about to embark on some single line stuff with some amazing gliders, yes, yes. um, that are going to be part of this thing, and it and it's going to be. You you gotta take what that kite will give you, be proficient with that kite, and get the kite has to it it has a how do you say? Well, without giving away details on the project, right? Because I don't wanna yeah. say what it is till everything's yeah. public. It's it's um, basically kites. It's single line, quad line. It's um, it's kites in, right. in in a commercial environment in, in a commercial it, so right that's, that's Surround, happening surrounded by people so it's going to be very interesting because in kind of going back to what we just said a second ago is that you know we were talking about trying to force something force right. the flying in right. a very specific way and right. now you actually have a physical constraint you have other people yeah you have a performance space you have safety issues so. You almost have to force the flying to be a certain way, or you get to a space where you can predict, right? And you can predict the unpredictable a person walking through mm. your flying space, right? So you can now you're back to that, that pas de deux with, with the kite, and yeah, intentionally, completely. And it's it's never gonna. I, I kind of imagine a, in a instance like that because that's a very very specific example. Yeah. There is going to be forced flying, and then maybe sometimes you can do the intentional beautiful flying, and then kind of back like, oh crap, three kids just ran across and tried to grab oh, the line, no, I, and I gotta yank up to the side. And ninety percent of that to me, the flying, ninety percent of it is taking the conditions and being patient enough. There you it. go. I like that. And then like that. relaxing so that you're not like scared to death yeah. for the kite to crash or the kite to take somebody's head off. Yeah. And and you take what the kite gives you and then for me it's you smile and show them that <laughs> this really is that. I fun. mean to do I'm, it this way. <laughs> I'm not a scared one bit. Nobody lost nope, another. Nope. So I'm gonna drift this right. down on top. I, I and, always and the have... beginner. I, I could never fly a kite. I hear this so much. Oh. I could never fly a kite. I would just like run and no, we are no kite flying. Or we used to do it at the beach and, but to me, it's taking the kite in that element that you are, and then making it work. People wouldn't go in their backyard and do it. But now try going down in in the basement. And yeah. doing it, oh, well, you yeah. know, like some yeah. of the things we've seen with yeah. with a dual line sport kite, just take that space, make it really, you know. So, and we've had the opportunity, which is brilliant for us to see what people are doing. Yeah. But I think a practical reason for these people to do this would was that video made for that one I speak of. It's an amazing like underground. You and he's got these sport kites, dual line sport kites. Was that made to a commercial sell the kites, or was that just a nope. guy expressing his art? Yeah, that that was, it was an artistic a, video. Yes, it yeah. was a, a use of kites that holy mackerel! It was, uh, looked like a lot of energy went into. It was uh, Costa out of Greece, I believe, mm -hmm. and uh, he did it for the Windless Kite uh, video right. event that we had. Right. And it is like the space he's in is maybe only about four feet tall. Yeah. It's right. Like, and he is moving really slow and right. deliberate. There was no 
time manipulation of the video that was right. all completely him. And he did, you know, he was somewhat limited in what tricks he could do because totally when you have limited. a six foot kite yeah, in, in a, in a four, four foot space, space, right? And then uh, make something like what an but expression. But he did, he did like a, not a roll up, but uh, what's the, what's a <laughs> inverse roll up when you're, when you're pulling out of it. I can't think of the word. Uh, Me neither. Yeah. But I like he but started he would roll the kite up like right. a yo-yo and unroll. And then he would unroll it as he was flying, right? right? right. And and he did right. a fade, and mm -hmm. it was all very yeah. The kite was flat and gliding, and it which was those kites very don't do that. intentional. Yeah. And that is that is a very interesting so those, connection. So those those few minutes that he made the presentation to me is an example of okay, like wow. So um, why would somebody practically do that? So yeah. Um, to me, I flew a kite inside with my peers. We, for years, my community, all my New Englanders, we rented a space. And I went in there, and it was my physical therapy. It was like going yeah. to the gym. And um, that's how I walked myself back from the physicality of it. So to put, like, I didn't want to hog the floor, but I didn't want to sit down either. So I would go fly under the hoop. And just be vulnerable, in, like without breaking the kite. If under the basketball. Under hoop? the basketball yep. hoop, like in the gymnasium, and I'd go in the spot where you don't want to be. You want to stay in the middle of the floor and have all that space. Well, I, I would be in the middle of the floor the whole night, so I didn't want to do that to my yep. fellow flyers. I would go hide. I didn't stop flying. I went over and flew over there. So, like right now, it's okay. So this is the environment we're flying in, and uh, what are we flying? Oh, maybe we should fly this. Maybe we should fly that. What? We can do this with this. We can do How that with that. How close can I get it? Where, where is my actual danger point? Exactly. Right? What am I so afraid? I'm afraid my kite's going to hit it. How close can I get it? There's no flying over the crowd, and I'm famous for that. <laughs> if we have a competition. You always fly over the crowd. <laughs> which is, you know, it's dangerous in the scheme of things if yes. you say it like yes. that. Yeah. And then I have this tail that, like, you know, could grab the kite. And if somebody and everybody grabs, is always wanting to touch it. And well, yeah. And up and... It just drifts. It's you know that um, that tail is uh, mylar. Yeah, it's okay. super light and it's like not something that's commercially available. And I'm lucky enough to have been shown that through um, Mark Ricketts and Guildworks, um, amazing artist. But mm -hmm. years and years ago, he, he he found some of that stuff, and I was lucky enough to get it. And I actually have a supply, and it's been my shtick. It's a super, super light tail, and you think of a tail to stabilize a kite, but when I mean, you can put a tail that looks like chrome, basically, it's like a mylar, it looks like a mirror yeah. when it's new, and it looks so ominous, but it's just feather light. Yeah, and it, it drifts disposable. in nothing. So that, um, yeah, it, it stops you from doing some things with the kite that you would if you didn't have the tail, but it's allowed me to just take that and like that tail is an extension. I I really have done nothing but drag that around all these years. <laughs> but uh, I had uh, uh, Carl Robichaud tell me, you know that that thing's its own character, Scott. Yeah. And he saw that I was missing it basically, and I'm just like, wait, I'm, I feel pretty good just dragging it. You know what I mean? Yeah, actually, that, there is a very great example of this whole uh, flying intentionally and not being super trick heavy because when you're flying with that. Generally, Every, generally it's indoors, right? Yeah. So, um, but you have a 360 space, and like, let's right. be honest, you 
really are only going forward and backward, up and down. Yeah. You're not doing tricks. You're not doing um, the handful of, of quad line well, three-dimensional tricks. You know. Because all of it is beautiful and intentional. Me with, personally, you mean? With, with this stuff? Yeah. 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 And well, you're, you're able to communicate with just dragging the tail around yeah. and letting it flutter. And that is beautiful. Yeah. That speaks to You know to what everybody. I say, though? That is a hard trick. To oh, oh I, I, I am not so diminishing it. So it's verbiage. It. It's right. ver no, yes, no, I know yes, you're not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but the, and I'm not diminishing tricks either, yeah. if you will. But it's, it's just to me, to launch that... the kite and land the kite, I'm with command. And mm -hmm. that is that is a trick. So when people say they want to do tricks, it's like flying it. Oh, the the quintessential debate, how do you define a trick? Is launch and land a yeah, trick? Well, to me, I, I believe that. And then they have <laughs> certain tricks. And, and so... Everything what you can do with a kite is a trick, and if you control it, that's pretty tricky. That's how I think of it. Okay. So, um, but I'm forever. I've studied the, some of the massive tricks. I've watched them develop. I, I've been lucky enough to be around long enough to watch the tricks develop, and see some very proficient flyers really putting tricks in the right place to interpret music, which mm -hmm. means to me pure control. So I've seen I've seen all of that. I've seen the evolution of it. I think I, I think until I go, I'll forever be chasing it. So and Perfect. my biggest advice to the next guy is, yeah, man, it's relish and champion yourself in doing a takeoff and a landing. That's a trick. You don't just show up and say, I want to do a comate like uh, that guy, you know? <laughs> so, but that road is, that, it, it, that is my experience. Yeah. And being okay with how I present. I, 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 and I, I think of that guy, Bruce, the pirate, they call him. Oh, Sky man, Pirate. This guy, yeah. it, it, man, talk Bruce about. Bruce Shank, I believe he's a dude, listener. You don't even have podcast. to meet this guy to yeah. feel the energy, right? So. <laughs> You, He's gonna love that you you just called him out. Well, on, no, it, in a good it's way. The, it's you, the energy yes, too, right? Yes. And so. He's vulnerable. He talks about his broken kites, and I, I you know, I, yes. I dig that. If you're yes. not flying them. If you're not breaking them, you're not flying them. Yeah. So, and he's wanting to learn. I want to learn that trick, and I can do this trick. And then he does what he does on his own. So, the the his style, his energy is everything. Yeah. And he's putting himself out there. That's a vulnerability that some people can't. He's kind of an extrovert, so he can put his vulnerabilities <laughs> yeah. out there and laugh at himself, if you will. But. In kites, a lot of people clam up and only fly by themselves. I bet there's a lot of amazing flyers that find themselves in the zone and connected like you wouldn't believe. But we don't see it, so we don't talk about it. So I say via these airwaves to those guys, man, I love you. Thank you. And you understand something with yourself and nature that everybody's chasing yeah. so be vulnerable enough to put it in front of people and so that they can maybe get theirs that's what it's all about john's a master at putting stuff out there yeah. and with kite life it's putting it out there and then showing you know the like think of um i i think of paul so i think of lamb and i some of the flyers that are gone that don't even really fly or you don't you know that ain't around anymore some of the interpretations i seen mm -hmm. um you know the guys that have passed too right so yeah. that's happened so it i think everybody's journey 
is just, you know, learning how to smile and laugh and learn from fucking crashing and smashing your kite. And excuse my French, but that's, <laughs> you know, you, you, you got to be able to do that yeah. and freely. And that is a trick, too. Yes. <laughs> that, well, to me, is it. So, you well, I don't think I'll ever stop learning tricks because I don't, I want to know how to do that, right? So. Well, Scott, it, it sounds like the wind's trying to come up and we have two kites sitting over there. I've been babbling, yeah. I'm, we should go fly. So, I'm going to say this. <laughs> Darren I'm, wants to go fly too. I'm going to say okay, this. Okay, closing thought and then we'll go fly. Uh, the closing thought is. Being able to talk about this stuff, I spend a lot of time with individuals alone, and mm -hmm. and um, so my my kites are part of my life's journey, and I'm I'm an emotional guy. It's just that a fact, and I can't even express what kites mean to me, and so I think, and it's really this way, and on any level, from a three-year-old just getting a kite to flying it, all the way to being a 60-year-old man um, trying to do a performance under the right circumstance is it's you you gotta be vulnerable you gotta be okay with not being perfect you gotta yeah. be okay with this is life man how you pick yourself up is more than what knocked you down yeah. so and and being okay with it you know I'm gonna stumble for a while but my physicality and my with my kites, with my career, with my relationships and everything are all of that. Give yourself a break, be accountable, try to do better if you want to, but always play the game. So that's, that's, that's what I got to say. Thank you for what you do, Nick. What you do is amazing and bringing it to the people. And like I said, I'll talk to people personally so now we have this beautiful microphone <laughs> and and um that if i can if i can give a message and a responsibility mm -hmm. and with kites if you will and even with cameras it's the same way because i played with cameras and people talk to me about that it's keep shooting trust your instincts and be okay with the mundane, if you will, because yeah. the mundane just means you were out there doing it and going through it. So, love that. I appreciate what you do. Oh, Thank you for you, bringing Scott. it to the people. I yeah. love you too, and I love you too. <laughs> I do. And if you ever spent two minutes with me, you might have heard it. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean it. All right. I'm just trying to love myself, right? That's it. So, that's kite flying. All right, everyone. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Sport Kite Podcast. I would love it if you share this episode with your friends and uh, put it all over, you know, the good old Fache books and your favorite social media platforms. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button. Love seeing all of the new subscribers joining. So uh, yeah, big shout out to all of you. And if you like what we're doing here, consider going to buymeacoffee.com slash sportkite and uh, kind of giving us a little bit of help and support so that we can keep this podcast growing and going and all that other good stuff. All right. I don't know if you can hear it, but there's a little wind in my mic because I am on the beach yet again, finishing up this little recording. So I'm going to head out and go fly. All right. Bye guys. Bye.